Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals, and the greater community. Today, we welcome back physiotherapist Caroline Bender. A few weeks ago, we had a general pelvic floor discussion where I discovered that men have a pelvic floor. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I really had no reason to know that, though, did I? No, of course not. So we decided it was too much to discuss in that episode and decided to dedicate hmm. uh, another episode to your amazing knowledge. So welcome back, Caroline. Thank you. Pleased to be back. So men's pelvic floor, what does it consist of? Well, the muscles of the male pelvic floor are very similar to the female pelvic floor. So we talked about muscles at the base of the pelvis. They are a little cradle of muscles about as big as two cupped hands that go from the pubic bone at the front of your pelvis um, to the tailbone at the back of the pelvis. So they are supporting the bladder, the bowel, and in the men, the main Um, other factor is the prostate Uh, there is also very importantly in men we didn't I don't think talk about the surface pelvic floor in women but men have and women also have a surface pelvic floor muscles Um, and these are much larger in men because they are very much part of our um, male erectile function so yeah erectile function bladder and bowel control yeah so in a lot in, in those situations, and similar to women, isn't it? We did talk about bladder and bowel in women, and yes, yes. yes. So obviously, we have that big idea that women have babies, and that's where all the problem comes. And we talked about the fact that there are lots of other conditions in life that affect the pelvic floor, such as being overweight, um, straining for the bowel, heavy lifting. Well, men do all those things, and therefore may have strain to the pelvic floor. But, um, yeah, I think men have to have bladder control, men have to have bowel control, and certainly those issues can change over time. And there are statistics where men have issues with those problems over time. So maybe start with the bladder. We'll work through the sort of three areas that you just covered. So start with the bladder and and explain that to us. So, um, yeah, there are statistics that men, as they age, do have as much incidence of increase overactive well I could say overactive bladder and um, overactive bladder is where you start to need to go to the toilet more frequently you become more urgent uh, you start emptying your toilet emptying the bladder as you leave the house as you arrive at the shops as you leave the shops as you arrive home you start to do all this uh, emptying to situation rather than whether you need And that is uh, a factor of ageing, and it's present in women, and it's present in men. It happens perhaps in younger women as well. Um, So there's also problems related to the prostate. Um, So the prostate can... uh, It it sort of obstructs... As men get older, it obstructs the exit. So the flow changes, and that can lead to bladder issues... And um, when men have prostate cancer and some of the interventions that men have for prostate cancer, it changes the anatomy. 
like women deliver babies, it changes the anatomy. If men have surgery to the prostate, it changes the anatomy, and that can affect bladder control. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the urgency um, of going of the you know emptying the bladder, what can be done? To stop that, does that okay. become a, a something that is controllable? Yes, and I think I think in in women, women, all health professionals around, and we expect women to have issues. So women seek help more than men, um, and I do think that men just put up with it. So what can we do about it? When you have an, an over, we call it an overactive bladder, urgency, frequency. Um, oh, and by the way, in the men, statistically, they're going to get as much overactive bladder and urgency, but they're not going to get the leakage. In women, there is more incidence of leakage with urgency. Mm-hmm. Oh, lucky women. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does leak with childbirth where the anatomy is a little bit changed. <laughs> yeah. But um, but so in men, they're frequent, they're urgent, and oh, there he goes again, he's off to the toilet. So what do we do about it? We do bladder training. The process of dealing with an overactive bladder in men, as it is in women, is bladder training. So what you need to, the, the, the key factor with bladder training is knowing that you can have control over your bladder. You've been born with a bladder that is designed to hold on. Um, it is designed to be able to hold for a long time so that if you're stuck on the bus in the middle of nowhere, you're not caught out. So we need to remember that fact. We, remember, we need to remember also that the bladder is made of muscle. Now, I don't know whether you've ever thought about what, you, what your bladder is made of, what, what the structure of the bladder is, but nearly everybody knows that their heart is a muscle. Mm. Few people think of their bladder as a little muscular storage vessel, and that muscle relaxes to fill, and when you go to the toilet, it, can, it, it, it holds on, And when you get to the toilet, that muscle contracts and pushes the urine out. And people tell it, oh, it drains out. No, it doesn't drain out. The bladder contracts and pushes it out. So if that bladder muscle mechanism, and it's all controlled by your inside body muscle nerve system, the autonomic nervous system, if that goes a little bit haywire um, for various reasons, you end up with a bladder that starts to get very, the little bladder muscle starts to get a bit twitchy. No, 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 we've got to go now. We've got to go now. We've got to go now. And then... We end up urgent. So, so the twitching's real. The sense, the sensing well, that. Yes, it, it it could literally be the bladder muscle contracting when it shouldn't, mm-hmm. and there are there are medications for the bladder as well as the bladder training that the physio does that relax the bladder wall. But there's also a bladder muscle that is that is dictated by your mind and your head. And what you think. So you're almost thinking, oh, it's been a while. Not sure where the next toilet is. Oh, look, you know, I think I'll go now. And you start you start preempting and going to the toilet when you, you're not actually full. So, yes, the, the answer to that is yes, sometimes the bladder is literally um, contracting. And sometimes it's, it's just a sensation. Yep. It's just a feeling. And therefore, overactive bladder is very linked to anxiety and stress and uh, etc. But in terms of bladder training, when you can get in your mind this this almost this picture in your mind, this knowledge that you've got this little muscular um, bladder that should be relaxing, there are things we teach you what we call calming calming tactics tactics to 
settle the bladder down. The first way to settle the bladder is to understand how it works and realize that you can do it, mm. one. Two, it's never drop everything and run. That's only going to art the bladder up more. So we tell people to calm down, walk slowly. And this is relevant for, for men and women, and yeah. we didn't go into this level of detail. For so like un- unclenching your fist or relaxing your jaw? and Well, just, yeah, in fact, distraction, focusing on calm breathing is one that, that, that comes up. Um, so calm breathing, distracting your mind. Um, there is a reputable source that talks of counting back in sevens from a random number where you have to focus very much on your mind. That's a good one if you're trying not to get out of bed at night. That's a, another whole range of things very relevant to men. <laughs> so we've got calming tactics that we teach you. We teach you how to retake control and we teach you how to be able to um, make that bladder wait a bit more. Great. Sounds very easy. I'm sure it takes a bit of practice, though. <laughs> I tell you what, it ain't easy, and uh, it's not a quick process. But I, I tend to find that if you, with either men and women, once you explain how it works, send people away just tr- not preempting bladder, not saying, well, I'm not going to go. The bladder's going too often. I won't go. That's useless. Step one is I'm going to go to the toilet. The bladder's telling me to go. I know I probably don't need to go logically because I only went half an hour ago or an hour ago, but I will go, but I will arrive feeling calm. I will I will walk slowly and I'll apply my tactics. And when you build those tactics up, that when you build that ability up, then you can start doing the next step, which may be starting to put off and, and well, actually I'll wait 10 minutes because it is ridiculous. And I did only go half an hour, an hour ago. And I tend to find once people have got that first step in their, their head, the very first time we meet, they can come back actually saying, you know what, I reckon I can do this. A bit of confidence. Yeah, it's confidence and, and knowing because people are terrified that they're going to get caught out. The feeling of urgency is a powerful sense that you must go for fear of leakage. That's what urgency mm. is. Um, so... Of course, you think, well, I'll go now because I don't want to be caught. I'm going to wet myself. Mm. It's going to be embarrassing. So is there a a period of time that people shouldn't hold on longer then? You've just talked about, okay, I just went half an hour ago. But is there a period of time that then becomes not healthy to hold on? Well, there there is a thing where you can hold on and hold on and hold on and hold on. But we're all supposed to drink regular fluids in the day. Because the fluids come into the body, the body is using the fluids, the kidneys are filtering the blood, cleaning the blood, getting rid of the waste via the urine. So that process is happening. So the drinking is literally chopping your body back up. So it's a constant process. Mm. And you need roughly, let's, we talk about roughly 1.5 to 2, 2, 2 to 2.5. If you're a big, huge, tall man, you might need you know more fluid than a tiny petite person adult um so there's a logical amount of fluid that your body needs and you're supposed to put that fluid in little and often and regular through the day then if you're thirsty between time because it's 35 degrees and i've been working outside you'll need to drink more Mm. but you'll still pass the same amount of urine because that will get sweated out so there's a balance yes okay um now if you are drinking enough and you've got a reasonable bladder Sure, you can hold on for three three hours, maybe four hours, 
but you'll get a, a normal bladder will give you a strong sense of a strong feeling of fullness. Yeah. And you need to respond to it. So I'll meet people who say, oh, oh, I'm a, oh everyone says I'm a camel. I can hold on for seven hours. Well, my, if you can hold on seven hours, you're not drinking enough. <laughs> okay. So you, you should be going and, and getting the need to go. Um, after, you know, it's reasonable if you're well hydrated, three, 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 four hours, okay? Um, if you drink way more than your body needs, if, if you've been told by somebody, oh, you must drink plenty of water, and people get told this all the time, plenty of water, so they're sculling, you know, 600 ml bottles of water through the day, well, it's going to, your body doesn't need it. Out it goes, straight out. And then you're going to be going to the toilet. You're not going to be making it yeah. four hours. So, yeah. Yeah. And this is all part and parcel of the education when we are dealing with overactive bladder. Yeah, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's move on to the bowel. Indeed. How's that um, involved? Well, we need pelvic floor for bowel control. Now, as we get older, there is thinning of muscles. Muscles get thinner. If you think about your average 100-year-old man, he's, he's not, you know, a giant muscle man, is he? No, he's got skinny little muscles because they deplete. And through life, we're trying to maintain our muscle bulk and our strength. We know as we get older, and again, unfortunately, it's more distinct <laughs> women, we keep going back to women, um, muscles get softer and floppier if we don't exercise them. So You were just I'm grabbing a, under your, you know, that bit, that bit under your wings. I'm busily uh, grabbing my triceps here. I actually use that, I think I might have used that analogy before, the biceps triceps analogy. Anyway, um, so, yeah, what I'm saying is, again, there is an ageing factor where we're going to lose a little bit of bowel control. So that can happen. And we can teach men how to strengthen their pelvic floor. We can teach them they have a pelvic floor. We can show them with the ultrasound where it is. We don't have to do um, invasive examinations necessarily. And, yes, men have a, have a right to be able to do something to gain control. Likewise, the pelvic floor has to relax to be able to empty properly. So, um, again, incidence of uh, difficulty emptying the bowel is is less in in men than it is in women. But there are some men who do have difficulty and they can have a tight pelvic floor, they can have a non-relaxing pelvic floor and difficulties. So some of the, um, the gastroenterologists or the colorectal surgeons will send men to us to help with that problem. And a man gets referred to the pelvic floor physio from the colorectal surgeon. Oh, what's going on? Why, why am I going to the pelvic floor physio? And very often I'll have a little phone call. Yeah, I know I've been referred, but I don't know what it's all about. Explain it. In they come. Once one a session or two, know what I'm doing. Problem solved. Mm. It's really great to be able to have this conversation, particularly around men, because I don't think they... Yeah. talk about or yeah. they yeah. I don't think it's talked about yes. often enough yeah, in, in men right. it's just it's just associated with women and although the numbers might be less um if you're the person suffering it doesn't matter what the numbers no. are you're the one that needs to come and come and get help yeah so um so yeah. tell me about the um prostate then so we've talked about aging so there's some yes yeah, so there's a thing called benign prostate hypertrophy um BPH, and that means that for reasons that I'm not going to explain, the bladder in the sorry, the prostate enlarges with aging. Now, typically, if you 
Google, etc., you'll be told that the prostate is a, a, a walnut-sized gland beneath the bladder. It wraps around the bladder tube, the urethra, the tube that goes from the bladder out to the exit, down the penis and out. That's the urethra. And just below the bladder, you've got the, the, the prostate. Now, that gets larger because it wraps around the urethra. Mm. It puts gentle pressure onto the urethra. And then some men won't know that because all that happens is the little bladder muscle that I was telling you about. When you go to empty the bladder, that little bladder muscle pushes harder to push the urine out of a smaller smaller gap, basically. Um, And then eventually, after time, that gap gets a little bit, that the, 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 the hole through the urethra gets a little bit smaller and the poor old bladder can't push hard enough and we might end up with bladder urine left in the bladder and then that leads to frequency, doesn't it? Because if I, when I go to the toilet, there's always 100 mils left in there and my bladder can hold four, well, it hasn't got much room to fill. So we get frequency and urgency and we get decreased flow. I think get, there was an ad about that a few years ago, wasn't there, for, to try and identi- for men trying to... Yes. Say, this is this is a thing, get your prostate checked. Look, it's a big thing. Yeah. And luckily now we do have good screening and I think I think there is less taboo about going and having that 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 examination. Because it's a blood test, there's the PSA um, blood test, and this is picking up cancer because if your prostate is enlarging, um, we hope that it's a benign um, growth. But it could be cancerous. So men do have to keep on top of it um, because prostate cancer is a very common cancer, um, similar to cancer to breast cancer in women in, in numbers. So, um, yes, it's is, important. Is that a 12-month check as I well? Think then, I think it? it is a 12-month check and they do the, the um, blood test. Um, before the blood test was available, it was the rectal digital examination. And, you know, we've all seen comedians making jokes about it. And, yeah, when people are embarrassed, we make jokes about it. It's good. It dissipates the the feeling bad and the feeling embarrassed. And I think it's a good thing that comedians are out there making jokes to decrease the taboo. Mm. But the fact is, you know, we we girls have to go through sort of all sorts of examinations through our life. It's just a fact and it's just an examination, and you know, all men all men have to go through it. The blood test minimum. must make a huge difference to the numbers getting checked, though. Absolutely, now. absolutely. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, with with the prostate, the the issues are emptying issues. They are frequency, and one of the one of the big big ones is going to the toilet at night, starting to go frequently at night for that reason that the bladder can't empty properly, and you're getting this residual urine left in the um, in the bladder. So if you ask, if, if, if men are starting to go find their waking several times at night, you know, that, that is something to go and say to the doctor what's going on. They'll be sent off for checks and, and um, yeah, have some intervention and fix the problem. Great. It's a, it's, you make it sound so easy to understand. You know, it really shouldn't be such a taboo topic well, the no. way you just described. I, I know. I think that um, I think we don't know our own anatomy enough, and it's just this this whole area in the pelvis that what's going on, things aren't quite right. But oh no, I'm not going to get that checked because it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, we're all the same. <laughs> Is there an age group um, when it comes to men that that would see a pelvic floor physio? 
Um, I would say no. Again, from what I've said already, you're going to imagine that the main um, demographic is the sort of older men, um, 50 plus, 60, you know, plus. Uh, we do see young men with pelvic floor issues. I'm going to say the, the profile of the younger men we see are sometimes men who have frequency and urgency, and it is sometimes related to anxiety issues. Yep. Um, people who work in jobs where they know they can't, the, the police force, you know, you're out. I would say for men, it is much easier out and about to duck behind a tree. Mm. Fine, we know that. Yeah. But uh, there are some, you know, some jo- – no, you can't. You, 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 you're at Restricted your job. Restricted from – Yeah, you yeah. are, and, and you can't just keep going to the toilet, and it's embarrassing. So, And, and anxiety does increase frequency because it's all about the autonomic nervous system winding that, that bladder up. So um, we do see younger men who have frequency – and the big group is the men who have increased tone pelvic floor. Now, we did talk about this with women. And this is, we see a lot of young men with this problem. Increased and tone. Is increased it? tone. tone yeah. And that means tightness in the muscles. Yeah. So that's where we've got pelvic floor muscles. Because we traditionally think of muscles as being relaxed and, yeah, going back to the old floppy <laughs> triceps. <laughs> um, but... Pelvic floor muscles, for various reasons, can become tight. They don't relax. Muscles have to relax to empty the bladder. They have to relax. The pelvic floor has to relax to empty the bowel. So if I was straining for the bowel, there is a whole range of pain problems, and it does lead to pain, by the way, Um, pain and dysfunction with emptying the bowel. The symptoms of a tight pelvic floor might be irritation, bladder irritation, the, the urethra goes through the pelvic floor if the pelvic floor is tight it can irritate the urethra and then the brain thinks i need to go to the toilet and you go to the toilet and i still need to go so what's the problem what's going on so irritative bladder symptoms sometimes bowel symptoms and tight pelvic floor can lead to pain pain testicular pain penile pain pain when you sit pain around the back passage um coccyx pain so there's a range of pain problems, yeah, and these, these bladder and bowel dysfunctions related to increased tone pelvic floor that we see in young men. Okay. And I think we've previously spoken about um, men that lift heavy, whether it's at the gym heavy weights or yeah. their job they're lifting yes. heavy things. How yeah. That... I mean, look, I think the numbers are small. Yeah. And, of, of course, I'm going to see a biased population. But, again... If you're the man that has been in the gym and you've done a massive lift and you've strained through your pelvic floor and your pelvic floor's gone into a massive spasm and I've now got a tight, painful pelvic floor, you need to know that the pelvic floor physio is going to help. Mm. Why? Because if you go to a lot of the, the, the your doctor or your specialist even, you might not get past a pelvic floor physio. We need to increase awareness ourselves as a profession um, and keep spreading the word. So, so many of the men that we see with pelvic pain have been suffering for a long time. They have been suffering for years. Um, And, yeah, so, yeah, pelvic pain, it's it's quite a big topic in in terms of who gets it. Um, Just going back to your point there about straining in the gym, I mean, yeah, look, loads of men are out there, you know, they're fine, they go to the gym, they're fine, they're fine. But, look, if something goes wrong, find help. And if you've got 
obviously lumbar disc problems and that kind of stuff, pelvic floor is part of your core. These men need to know where their pelvic floor is. They need to know what their core is. Just like we said for women, if you don't know what your pelvic floor is, if you had a lumbar disc sort of bulge or something, you're in the gym and you're doing all your exercise and you don't know what your pelvic floor is, you're probably not doing brilliantly with your your, your core stability. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, the answer is come and find out where is my pelvic floor. A mm. couple of interesting points, though, with the pelvic pain. When you said, um, you know, pain when sitting or even coccyx pain, people might think that they've... Um, you know, I can't recall falling or I can't recall hitting that area, but they've got that pain yeah. in that point. Yeah, that's right. They've got this sort of perineal pain, sitting pain. Um, um, there's another, there's a the pudendal neuralgia. I mean, I've seen men with, this is another, we didn't mention it with women. Women can get this as well. There's a particular nerve in the pelvis that can get sort of irritated for all sorts of reasons. And it gives a very typical pattern of pain. Um, it's, it's typically one side or the other. This is a nerve that comes from the very, 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 very base of the spine, the sacrum, all right? That's the part just above your coccyx, all right? Um, and it wiggles out under some deep buttock muscles and go, threads into the pelvis, around the sides of the pelvis, and it passes a little, um, a little nerve to the front part. So in women, okay, clitoral area. In men, the, the, the penile area. It passes a little branch to the middle, vaginal or testicular in men, perineal in men, and it passes a little nerve, a nerve branch to the back, to the anal area. So people who have pudendal neuralgia and definitely see, see men with this. Why it happens is, I think... Another episode. Let, let, <laughs> you just want to come back for another episode. <laughs> so, you know, um, I might start... Anyway, let, so pudendal neuralgia, if you've got it, it's horrible pain sitting and it's relieved by standing and it doesn't bother you sleeping at night and it's a nervy pain um, and it's not easy to treat but sometimes that's a result of tight tension in, in the pelvic floor compressing the nerve and releasing the pelvic floor can help so it's a, something that needs assessment and there are lots of people out there who have the problem and don't know where to go to get help. We don't know what it is probably as well. No, and I think that's, that's right. what this that's is all right. about, isn't it? And also, um, if it is a pudendal neuralgia, there are one would work very much with pain specialists. There are little nerve blocks you can have to try and prove if if you if you put a little nerve block into the pudendal nerve and all your pain goes away, well we know what it is. Mm. Um, if the pain's been there for an awful long time, that might fix some of it. Um and then other muscles have come out in sympathy over the years, which is the same with lots of the musculoskeletal things that we see. So, yeah, there's, it's quite, it is complex, but the first thing is is to go, oh, hallelujah, there's a name for this. We know what it is. Yeah, starting okay? point. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Not putting it with it. Yeah. Fabulous. So I think today, you know, we've covered so much and it's been a really uh, great discussion. As we've mm. said, it's not something that I don't think men sit around and have and certainly opened my eyes when we were talking about women's <laughs> pelvic floor, uh, letting me know that men have pelvic floors in just the same way. So the things that men should be looking out for, the bladder symptoms. So Yes, so definitely, I mean, and I think there is quite good knowledge about that. We've got our decreased flow, increased frequency at night, urgency issues. Don't put up with it. Get it, get it sorted. Yep. And the bowel things they should yeah, look out look, for. If if you've got a, a chronic constipation, chronic straining, um, and it's bothering you, get, getting into the territory of pain, 
you know, we can help. And in, in an older age group, if there's bowel control problems, don't put up with it. You know, seek help. You, you, you're you going to see your doctor. You're going to make sure there's no nasties, do I need a colonoscopy or whatever. But if you if, if all is fine and you've still got the problem and no one's offering you help, pelvic floor physio is a reasonable place to come. Yep. And uh, then in relation to pelvic pain, so those areas that we've just... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you have pain, niggly, annoying pains, penile pain, testicular pain, pain sitting, pain around the back passage, um, no one seems to be able to help. Your doctor will send you off for every scan under the sun and you'll be told there's nothing wrong and you know there is something wrong. Come and see us. And it is most of those people who come through to us as a pelvic floor dysfunction. Fantastic. And is there anything men can do to protect their pelvic floor? Well, we get back to knowing where it is. Understanding it. Understanding it, knowing how it works, knowing that it goes on when I'm lifting in the gym and it relaxes when I'm not, you know. So it's it's pretty much the same as, as women. I've got a pelvic floor. Let's use it. Let's let's find out where it is. Yeah, Simple and, as that. and for the men that I suppose aren't in the gym, it might be moving boxes by moving house, course, or in the garage lifting heavy things. Of or... course, you know your pelvic floor. We said this with women. Your pelvic floor should respond to load. You load up your upper body. Pelvic floor should be responding, and it becomes. Some people have to. We we talked a lot about rehab. Yeah. <laughs> we're back on the rehab, but we might have to rehab it back to do that. Um, and we have to particularly rehab that after prostate surgery, um, which which we haven't talked a great deal about, but um, the particular removal of the prostate for prostate cancer. We have to train the brain that there are some muscles here and they need to go on, but there is that training process. Yeah, definitely. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much again for your knowledge. You've just, you simplify it in such a great way that I hope our audience really takes away um, some tools today and can help either themselves or their loved ones in their lives. Absolutely. Thank you. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.